A vampire tells his epic life story, love, betrayal, loneliness, and hunger. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is... (laughs) Go ahead. And this is... Ruining Ruining Our Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where Ashley takes five tries to read the tagline. And a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000 movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. I just started laughing because I was thinking of when I said potato (laughs) instead of betrayal. (laughs) Uh, oh god maybe i'll put that one at the end of the podcast as Please a blooper do. yeah i've done that before i can't remember what, which one it was i just kind of laugh because you even said it's a short tagline that i have to read it's only one sentence and it took you six tries that's true there's ones where it's like a paragraph it's when i start thinking about it and i get overly uh i get in my head mm-hmm. and just can't stop thinking about how complicated it is anyway hi guys it's ashley and ryan and this is another awesome episode of ruining our childhood Mm -hmm. podcast yes the podcast where we ruin our childhoods and probably some of yours yeah but at the same time it's just our opinion so i hope people don't (laughs) do you guys actually value our opinions is the question (laughs) are you Deterred from rewatching a movie because we said it was crap. Who knows? The Were only... you waiting for them to answer? Yeah. I feel like you paused. <laughs> the only one that you should be deterred from, I would say, was Biodome. <laughs> Ryan will not let that one go. That you know, awful. we have to watch the other Polly Shore movie at some point. Yay! Because guys, uh, well, we'll announce it at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what we're doing. So yeah, it's been a big week. It has been a big week. Uh. On Friday, we released our newest Minnesota. Yes. Our bonusode. Yes. Of Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. What? <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. You said Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> The Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, As opposed to Pirates. I don't know. <laughs> Pirates. South the Caribbean. America. Black Pearl. Uh, I just felt like it turned into a musical. People were like just shouting words. You break into song. Yeah. Pirates. Have they? They've really missed the mark if they haven't done Pirates of the Caribbean, the Broadway show. I feel like that was probably in development at one point. Yeah. And then COVID happened. (laughs) I was going to say, or the mid 2000s and the Pirates franchise was slowly declining in popularity. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, real quick, before we go down memory road, uh, issue an apology to (laughs) Santos, especially, uh, because last week I kept saying 88 miles per podcast, though I did say it right later in the episode. Yeah. I might have talked over it, you too, when you said it correctly, I feel like. (laughs) And then I also said it right in the bonus episode, which was recorded before we recorded uh, the Dumb and Dumber episode. So I don't know what my problem was, but I said 88 miles per per podcast instead of 88 miles per hour podcast which did the, their show you think i would know the title the best part was when you said it i just kind of went maybe i'm wrong <laughs> i have you so conditioned you're like <laughs> she's always right i'm like yeah i'm probably calling it wrong uh, and i'm not gonna lie when you got messaged my initial thought was vindication <laughs> uh so I apologize for that. It's mm-hmm. 88 miles per hour podcast, but I know some of you did listen to it because I did get a couple of messages that said it was a good episode. So yes, so it, it worked out. Yeah. Um. Anyway, mm-hmm. back to this 1994 classic interview with the vampire. Mm-hmm. The vampire, <laughs> not a vampire, as I have said my whole life. So my world is shattered. Anybody else? No. Not shattered, but I, I definitely thought it was the same as you. Uh, so It's yeah. just a tiny word. But anyway, uh, we're, that's <clears throat> that's the movie we're doing today. And it's a recent poll winner. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Thanks for letting me win one, guys. 
You jerks. <laughs> Go ahead and take us down memory road with some 1994 facts, Ryan. Yes. This movie was released on November 11th of 1994. It had a budget of $60 million and it grossed $223.7 million. Very successful. Uh, some popular TV shows. We'll go a little further down the list because our movie last week was from 1994. Very so, true. Monday Night Football, 60 Minutes, and Murder, She Wrote. I was just thinking, like, we did not have a lot of TV shows back then, if 60 Minutes was... What's kind of funny was uh, the 9 and 10 shows, Friends and Roseanne. Oh. Well, yeah. they were just starting. Not Roseanne. No. Yeah, but Friends. Yeah, yeah. that was like their first year. The number one song the week the movie came out was also Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You, because we talked about that last week. A couple other popular songs were Ace of Bass, The Sign, and Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting singing All for Love. You're trying to place that one? Yeah. Uh, Some popular movies were Clear and Present Danger, Speed, and The Mask. Nice. Yeah. Keanu. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yes. I said Ford. Ford. <laughs> okay. What were your earliest memories of this movie? I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but this definitely is a movie that I have a clear memory of. Mm-hmm. I usually don't have a memory and I'm like, I probably saw my brother. Shrug. But this one, I do remember watching it with my whole family. My parents had rented it. Mm-hmm. And I was like six. I was a little older than that, obviously. Time-wise, I thought I was six whenever I tell the story, but I realized I was eight. Yes. Watched it, liked it, mm-hmm. but was scared shitless. <laughs> of t- mostly of Tom Cruise, because he does end up being the villain of the film. Mm-hmm. And I would say there's a lot of villains in the film, but he's was the scariest for an eight-year-old Ashley. Okay. And I was worried that Tom Cruise, as a vampire, was going to break into my bedroom at night and suck my blood. So I slept with my hands over my neck on both sides, cupping my neck because somehow that would prevent a vampire from biting me. Okay. Eight-year-old logic. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did that for a good two weeks. Wow. And, but then I had to just remind myself, like, oh, it's Tom Cruise. He's an actor, and he's in other movies where he isn't a vampire, so he's not going to come into your bedroom. But I, I, I had to remind myself. I, I had a couple... They weren't actors. Well, they are actors, I guess. A couple wrestlers that, when I was a little kid, I had some nightmares about coming to, like, our house, and <laughs> I was terrified of them. It's almost like your parents were right with saying, maybe you shouldn't watch this at a young yeah. age. My parents were never big into censoring us with Mm -hmm. movies and stuff. I mean, probably to their dismay later when I would go sneak into their bedroom because I was afraid Tom Cruise is going to bite me in the middle of the night. But yeah, they weren't big into censoring us because I think they just wanted to be able to watch a movie and they're like, screw it. You could watch it with us. Yeah. Cover your eyes, they would say, if it was like a really scary or sexual part. So god oh man my parents were into censoring us yeah plus they weren't big movie goers my mom took us to a lot of movies yeah but my dad's not a big movie goer to this day even so he can he goes reluctantly yes uh what was your earliest memory from this movie i vaguely remember when it came out and there being like a lot of hype, but I felt like that was because Tom Cruise was probably the biggest name in Hollywood and Brad Pitt was definitely heading that way. Right. I think it was just like when I would watch like TV, I would catch like Entertainment Tonight talking about this amazing movie, but I never saw it. Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt were not on my radar when I was 10. All I cared about was Jim Carrey. That was it. I didn't see this until you showed it to me, probably like 2008 and... By then, I was a big fan of them and was excited to watch it. Yeah, because of like Fight Club and... Yeah, and I love the Mission Impossible movies and the Oceans movies. So, yeah. And also, I knew all the names because uh, the other actors because we're big movie buffs. Yeah. So it was exciting to watch like some other of the people that I don't want to spoil things for. 
when I was a kid, it was actually a selling point for me that Kirsten Dunst was in the movie mm-hmm. because of, I believe Little Women came out in 1993, right? See, I thought 95. Oh, maybe you're right. Oh, it came out the same year. Oh, wow. Okay. But I think I had the book, it's like a Spark Notes version of Little Women mm-hmm. based on the movie. And I remember like being like, oh, it's the girl from Little Women and... Yeah, but that makes sense because this movie, if it came out in November, it didn't come out on video until after. And I think I might have yeah. saw Little Women before. Okay. Possibly. Yeah, there's no uh, guarantee like your parents were at Blockbuster or the local video store renting this movie the week it came out. Right. Like, I just know that when I saw this movie, I, I do remember thinking, hey, it's Amy from Little Women. Mm-hmm. She had a good year too, apparently. Yeah. Condensed. Yeah. So... Yeah. Who knows? My child timeline, It again, it's very hazy. It's very much of a blur. This is off subject, but is Amy the one that Florence Pugh plays? Yeah. Okay. And the new one. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she was my favorite part in the new one, so I would imagine if... I I know you've shown me. I will say they don't do Amy as much justice in the older version, especially older Amy. I think they do younger amy more justice okay Mm -hmm. but they don't do older i think the newer version the greta gerwig version yes does amy a lot better Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's necessarily accurate to the novel but it's i think i i enjoyed her character a lot more than than i did with the original version not in by say original version i mean my original version because i know there's like 20 versions of little women out there but Mm -hmm. The one I grew up on, which is the one with Winona Ryder and everybody else. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're not here to talk about Little Women, even though it's somehow related because it has Kirsten Dunst yes. in both. Yeah. Um, and Brad Pitt was in both. No, he wasn't. No. <laughs> it's Christian Bale. Oh. I feel like Brad Pitt could have been Christian Bale's character. Very true. But... I forgot that Christian Bale was in that. You always forget. Every time I mention it, you're like, oh, yeah. You know what I don't forget he was in? Newsies. That's true. It's classic, guys. Yeah. Classic. This is way off into like a (laughs) rabbit hole, and then it took a weird left. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Let's just talk about Newsies. (laughs) Um, So, Interview with Vampire scared me. You don't really remember it. No. So, good times. (laughs) What do we do now? Oh, do you think this movie is going to hold up? I'm going to say yes. I think it has good actors and actresses in this. It's a period piece, which in our history of this podcast, those seem to hold up very well. Yes. One of the period pieces I can think of also had Kirsten Dunst, The Virgin Suicides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good movie. Held up great. So I think I think it's going to hold up really well. It's a movie that I remember being very well received and also when you showed it to me i didn't think i know i didn't think well that was a waste of my time why did you show it to me right so i'm gonna say it's gonna be good because they're not gonna be whipping out brick cell phones and crap like that i think the only part that's even set in like a modern time is in the beginning and and in the end during the interview Interview, process yeah which Somebody plays the interview person. We won't talk about him mm-hmm. quite yet. If you've seen this movie, you know who he is. Yeah, I, I also think it's going to hold up. I think it's going to be a interesting movie. And it's kind of was my introduction to vampires as a kid. So it's kind of what I held all other vampire type film, books, movies to as a standard. Mm-hmm. And obviously we went through quite the vampire hysteria in the mid 2000s to late 2000s yeah. so yeah we had vampire diaries we had true blood twilight twilight we had a bunch of shows that got canceled after like two days mm-hmm. I, I can't think of them because i didn't watch it's <laughs> probably why they got canceled i was thinking you probably showed me this after i had seen twilight maybe and then this is definitely a better caliber of acting than it's what you think of vampires. Like, you yeah. think of, like, this gothic, this dark world of... I, I guess, like, Lestat and Louis would be more of the the Italian... What, what were they called? The Voltori type? Yeah. 
I guess the worlds are similar in a way, but obviously Twilight is not not the same. No. I would put them, uh, they would do okay in True Blood. Like you think these vampires would do okay in True Blood? Yeah, I feel like, or the True Blood vampires could be in... This world. This world. Okay, yeah. I would not put Lestat and Louis in Twilight or Vampire Diaries. I could see him a little more in Vampire Diaries because it's still like the world's hidden. Okay. In Twilight, the world is hidden. I guess the only one that it isn't is True Blood, but I also feel like that's the way they did it was started off really interesting. (laughs) Good. Anyway. Yes. This is Vampire Talk with Ryan and Ashley. At least it somehow relates to the movie. Yeah. So you said it's going to hold up. I say it's going to hold up. Where can you stream this movie? You can stream it if you don't own it like we do. <laughs> God. We had, well, we own Dumb and Dumber, right? Yes. I feel like the last couple movies before that we we had, had to rent, rent or mm-hmm. find it somewhere. This is on HBO Max if you have that subscription. And it's also on the Roku channel. Did you know there was a Roku channel? I, I did just, not. I just created their slogan. <laughs> we just got done watching seven seasons of Mad Men, so um, I could be an ad, a copywriter. Yeah. That, but that would be my thing, the Roku channel. Did you know there was a Roku channel? <laughs> uh, uh, what you- an ad slogan. <laughs> uh, At least you know what Roku is, because there's sometimes you'll be like, Tubi, did you know that was a thing? (laughs) Some of those other channels, I'm like, did you sneeze? (laughs) Oh, that's that's this dreaming service. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, But those are the two things that you can get them on. Um, Other than renting them, you can also rent them. So, yeah, that's all we talk about until we hit the pausey pause and go watch interview with the vampire. Okay, bye. Bye. And we're back. We just finished watching Interview with the Vampire. And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie. Like we always do. And our first category is, well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in their movie. And there were some. In their movie? We're in the movie. (laughs) And there was some. There was. We did talk about Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt plays Louis, a plantation owner. Mm -hmm. And Tom Cruise plays Lestat. Yes. There's not much to know about him in this movie. They don't really explain. Um, But the first person that's pretty much on screen is Christian Slater, Mm -hmm. who plays Malloy. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Daniel Malloy. Mm-hmm. In the books, they use his full name. And he plays a reporter, I guess? Yeah. That's what I took it as, as he was like a newspaper reporter writing an article. Or as I like to say, some guy that just stalks random people and gets them to talk about their life stories. Because... That's kind of how they explain it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I saw you following me, and then I started following you. That was my Brad Pitt impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was Christian Slater been in? Uh, stuff. You stuff. know, Heathers. Mm-hmm. We did that yeah. for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. What is that movie? Was it like Pirate? It wasn't Pirate Radio. That's a British movie. But it was Pump Up the Volume. Ah. Mm. God, it just made me think of that song. Uh, True Romance? Yes. Also had Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think it was like one of her... Well, I think Thelma and Louise was like his first role. Mm-hmm. No, there's a shitty, like, high school uh, movie where people are dying. It's like high school hell or some shit like that. Okay. Because I remember watching it. I don't know if it was, like, a Mystery Science Theater 3000 or if I just was watching it on Showtime. And I was like, that's Brad Pitt. <laughs> anyway. I would say his first one that people saw was Thelma and Louise. And then, oh. Yeah. Who was your first person? My first person was Thandi Newton. Yes. She plays Yvette, and the big things that I know Thandi Newton from are Mission Impossible 2 with one Thomas Jackson Cruise, and also Westworld. Yes. And I don't know if there's any other ones that I've... I'm sure she's been in other things that I've seen. 
Yeah, for sure. Because she's very famous. And she plays, I guess, Louis' house slave? That's what I would take it as, yes. Fun times with, uh, you know, the 1600s. I was going to say it's like 17-something. I want to say it's a little before that because when they come back to America after they have Claudia, they mention how it's a it's America now. So it was like before like American independence. Okay. Because they mention after they come back, they're like, oh, all these Yankees now. Um, that was my impression of Tom Cruise's stat. Uh, You're just knocking it out of the park with these impressions tonight. Oh, I'm sure there'll be more. <laughs> okay. uh, my, I guess my next one is Kirsten Dunst. We mentioned her before, but she plays Claudia, a young child that they both kind of have a hand in turning into a vampire, though. Mm-hmm. Lestat does do the process more, but, you know, Louis accidentally tries to kill her. Touche. So. But also, wasn't her mom dead? Yeah, because it was during, you know. During the plague. The plague, and she was alone. So, Louis was was probably going to die. Doing her a favor. Yeah, that's true. And also, I think she was like the first human that he was going to feed on. He was like, I'm going to do it. I I don't. Well, I want to get into that okay. a little later, so we'll discuss it a little later. Um, who is your next one? My next one you actually pointed out, so I'm sorry for stealing it, but it's Robert Lloyd Pack. Uh-huh. He just plays Claudia's piano teacher. Yes. And you pointed out he is Barty Crouch from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And I do think I said Barty Crouch Jr., but I was like, that's actually David tenant yeah so it's actually just barty crouch yes so you're, you're correct i am but i heard his voice and i knew it you're just waiting for him to go Ooh, <laughs> the norwegian ridgeback Ooh. Ooh. uh my next one was antonio banderas mm-hmm. and he plays armand uh the leader of the french vampires that they find and he was in Mask Zorro, Desperado, Spy Kids, mm-hmm. among other films. He's a very famous person, and he shares a birthday with me. I did not know that. Oh, I think I've told you that, but that's oh. cool. I know this past year he was nominated for an Academy Award again. That's true. He's a very good actor. My next one, and actually my last one, is Stephen Ray, and he plays Santiago, another one of the French uh, vampires. Vampires. And the big thing he was from was V from Vendetta, or V for Vendetta. See, like, I felt like he was in, he's an Irish actor. Mm -hmm. I thought he was in a British show that I had watched because he looks so familiar. Yes. But I decided he kind of looks like Oscar from The Office. Like the guy who's on Reno 911? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, a little. Okay. And, but, because when I looked at he was in The Crying Game. He's like the lead in The Crying Game, which I've never seen. Mm-mm. I, I I looked at his IMDb and he was in an episode of SVU, and I I was like, there, he's got to be in something else, and there was nothing. He's been in a lot of things, but just not anything that I can pinpoint. Like that's the role. But, yeah, and he's a lot of stuff overseas. It seemed like from yeah. his. But I watch a lot of stuff. That's true. From overseas, so it's weird. Anyway, maybe I just know him from this movie too. You know. I was going to say, I know you've seen this movie multiple times. It wasn't like you've only seen it once, like yeah. me. So that could be. His introduction in the movie, he's the vampire that uh, Brad Pitt meets in the alley, and he kind of mimes and mirrors his thing, and then he floats, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. So it's a cool introduction. I was going to say, he ends he's, up total, being a total dick. He's got a pretty memorable introduction, yeah. Yeah. He was kind of fun for mm-hmm. a second. And then shit goes south. And then he gets really judgy. <laughs> no. That's all I had. Same. Because I felt like some of the other actresses that play, there's a lot of nameless women that get slaughtered by Lestat that looked vaguely familiar. But again, I think it's just from seeing this movie. And then some of the other, particularly like the lady that was on stage during the French vampire's show where mm-hmm. they just kill her she looked really familiar but she's a french actress and i nothing she had done was something i'd seen so she kind of looked like marley shelton to me yeah a little but bit. but yeah. obviously we know that's not marley shelton that's not wendy pfeffercorn yeah because oh. at this time she'd be very very young yeah she would have been like 15 she probably. would be 
uh, Wendy Pfefferkorn yeah. <laughs> age. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next category is called kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our ancestors teams. <laughs> yeah, that too, because this movie is set mostly in a time that we were not alive. No. Uh, with a little bit of modern 90s. Yes. But mostly 1700s mm-hmm. to 1800s. So not a lot of fashion to discuss because all the period pieces looked great. Yeah. I have no knocks on them. You kind of mentioned part of this is set in 1994 or 1993. And Christian Slater, when he's playing Daniel and he's interviewing Louie, he wears a vest like over his Henley. Yeah. And I kind of laughed because it just made me think of like how the first season of Friends, a lot of people wear vests, Especially which was Chandler. right around this time. Yeah. yeah. And I was Very like, true. And then I thought, I'm like, why was everyone wearing vests? Vests are coming back, yeah. at least for ladies. I know. I remember like 10 years ago, you tried to get me to buy a vest. Yeah. I, yeah. That would have not been, That was during the late 2000s when everybody's wearing very many layers that they probably didn't need to wear, you know? Yeah. Very true. I just wanted you to branch out on your fashion, you mm-hmm. know? And you have. But not by wearing a vest, folks. You, you made out on that deal. <laughs> is what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um. I did want to talk about Brad Pitt's hair. Oh. It was very glorious. Yes, and it so was. And so is Tom Cruise's hair. But Brad, Brad Pitt's, uh, my favorite part was when him and Claudia are at the vampire theater watching. And I was like, somebody got a blowout. <laughs> because for them, a lot of the scenes, his hair looks kind of unkept. Because after he turns into a vampire, he's very not happy about it you know Mm -hmm. he's struggling so i think he's like not as he didn't upkeep his appearance as much as lestat has though it seems like it's a given like you can't help but look beautiful so i don't that that might be a plot hole a little bit i will say his hair louis hair Uh uh-huh like you said glorious i would say lestat's lestat's hair is terrible but i would also assume it's a wig probably it I wasn't thought. as luscious i mean it's you're probably right it was probably fake and whereas brad pitts was real mm-hmm. but i was just saying like you can see the difference when he when they bring claudia into their life he starts to feed on people again and he starts to look better and you know yeah though internally he's still struggling because that's just who he is <laughs> um his hair looks much healthier yeah than when he was just on a rat's diet. Because uh. also, you're eating rats during a plague, and that's just... Ugh. I mean, he's a vampire, so that's not going to kill him, but it's still a little iffy. I wouldn't want to do it. No. I remember when mad cow disease was going around. I didn't want any ground beef. Yeah. You know? I don't blame you. <laughs> but you bring up a real valid point about them rats. Yeah. Yeah. He was, like, eating one, and around the corner, they're like, don't go over there, there's the plague. <laughs> the plague's you know? over there. He's just around the corner. Yeah. Um, He's picking fights with people. Did you have anything else about the fashion? I just wanted to talk about Lestat's beautiful, at the beginning of the movie, just a beautiful bedazzled blue blazer. Sure. He was really bringing the bedazzling to the 1790s. It was just, he brought it up a notch. Yeah, he Looked was good. on point. Yeah. He he was so more so much more uh, eccentric with his clothing as opposed to Louis, his was much more reserve. Yeah, which is crazy because I think when you think of vampire, you think of somebody that's trying to blend in, mm-hmm. and Lestat did none of that. No. He was not a fan of blending in, Mm-mm. and he still was like, nothing bad is ever going to happen to me because this shit's really easy. That's, again, <laughs> my impression of Lestat. It was a good impression. I didn't really have anything else in this category. Uh, nothing for fashion, no. A lot of times in movies, we've done a couple period pieces. You mentioned earlier we did The Virgin of Suicides. We've done like Days and Confused and Crybaby, mm-hmm. where they're set in different decades. And there's usually references to that time, whereas I don't think there was tons in this movie. I guess except for the fact that when they did mention 
that uh, American Independence at one point. That was about it for me. The only ones that I had were towards the end of the movie. And Louis was talking about the passing of the decades and the colors changing. Yeah. And they randomly showed Superman as one of the ways that the world was changing. Well, he was he was talking about sunlight and yeah. how and the how he could see sunlight now because of movies. Yes. So. So he's, they showed that, and then they did show him leaving a theater, and it was showing Tequila Sunrise. Yes. So. And he had a beautiful khaki suit on. Oh yeah. Yeah. He looked like his character from Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah. But then with his long, luscious mm. hair. He looked like he rolled off of the cover of a romance novel. Yeah. He could have he been did. Fabio with that hair. He could have. Yeah. Did you have anything else? No. Okay. We can move on to uh, the next category if you'd like to introduce it like you always do. <laughs> yes. I almost just did. <laughs> our next category, we're going to go ahead and get out our tape recorder so we can record our interview with a 200-year-old vampire. And talk about some technology. That was that was it. That was it, yeah. Honestly, the thing I wanted to discuss in this category was that I the thing I like about this movie is that they didn't really rely on any sort of like CGI. Mm-hmm. Everything was like sets. Like the New Orleans town in the beginning was done well. Yeah. I thought it looked old, it looked new, mm-hmm. like it was just being built. And then the the only thing ripe I would say is uh when his plantation explodes there there's a little maybe added cgi there and then when the slaves were celebrating you yeah. could tell it was some extra yeah fire added and then there was something else kind of when i guess when spoiler alert claudia and her newly made mom vampire are in the sun chamber and mm-hmm. their skin is like melting that that was a little rough. It was, like but it was, I will say, not as bad as I thought it was going to no, be. No. Yeah. No. I did like the effect they use afterwards where Louis goes into the well and they have turned to ash. Yeah. And But they're still in like human, see, yeah. they're in body form. And he like touches it and it crumbled. I yeah. thought that was a really good effect and it held up. But yeah, I didn't have anything Mm-mm. really... Not yeah, because I mean a lot of this is set when we still use candlelight. Yes. Yeah. And and there was a lot of candles. There's a lot of candles. It was a very dark movie. Go figure. It's a vampire movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of technology. Mm-mm. Do you want to move on? Yes. We're just rolling through these. Steamrolling. The next category is called "Is it even good?" Where we talk about the plot, the plot holes, and we talk about our funniest and cringiest parts of this movie. I have a lot of just random notes I'm yep. sure we'll discuss. Okay. Uh, but first, what did you think about the plot? I think my biggest issue with the plot is the fact that Daniel Malloy like, <laughs> listens to this depressing story. Right. And somehow... to came to the conclusion that he should offer to be Louis' compa- uh, companion and that he wants this life. It's like when somebody, you're telling somebody a story and they just dwell on one part. So, like, Louis telling this story to him and Louis, if you don't know, hates being a vampire. Yeah. Like, it's been a while, so I think he's come to terms with it now, but he still doesn't like being a vampire. He hates it. Mm-hmm. And he's saying all these bad things about it. And it's like he, Daniel just dwelled on the, well, you get to be immortal and I I could kill some people. Yeah. I'm like, that's what you took away from this. Yeah. Okay. The Uh, immortal factor. That's it. Gotcha. Exactly. But I I agree that that was, that was awesome. I did feel like when he first started talking to him, obviously Louis very kind of cold, a little monotone at first and... I felt like Malloy looked like like a person that asked a very talkative person like how their day was and then they just go on this tirade and they're like, What why did I ask you? Why? Like before the story started, when he kinda said he was a vampire and he's just like, Oh, 
you're a vampire <laughs> oh okay like but he had this face like uh maybe i should go <laughs> uh what about some plot holes my biggest plot hole is how do louis and lestat not smell the decomposing body that claudia has hidden under her dolls that is a good point because at the end of the movie louis makes a point to say that he could smell lestat yeah when he sees him again in the 80s mm-hmm. and he says like he has a good sense of smell basically yeah so i'm like yeah that's a good question maybe th- maybe their house just always smells like death because they do kill a lot of people there that's a good point. You know, you get nose blind That's to smells point. in your house. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so. I did like that Claudia was just like, I want to be her. And it was just like a naked lady. Yeah. But, you know, she wants to mature and be a go through life. Because, like, after 30 years and yeah. you're still a child, but mentally she's not. So that's got to be frustrating. Well, I just like her way of becoming her was to go take her and kill her. Yeah. <laughs> and have her just hanging out yeah cool dead body what about you i i guess the the killing again it must have been so much easier to be a serial killer back then mm-hmm. there's no dna there's they could sit there and kill it, at first though i will say they were finally kind of caught uh when they were still living in louisiana on louis plantation like his enslaved people caught on to it they knew shit was not right in that house mm-hmm. but i just to me it's like you're killing around your area and nobody's pointing to to any of these people like oh so and so last went to to the lestat house to make a dress and now she's dead yeah we haven't seen her in three weeks yeah it's kind of crazy where'd she go yeah there's no like detective work or do they just kill the cops mm-hmm. i don't know but, Probably not a bad idea. But uh, the first time Lestat takes uh, Louis out to enjoy being a vampire, they're at a party, and they're just, like, freely feeding on this one girl around a bunch of people. Yeah. And nobody notices. What does that say about humans? We're very self-involved. <laughs> we are. Yes. Uh, That's a good point. It was a very good-sized party. And two guys are just biting a lady. Yeah. Nobody cared. Because yeah. everybody's just getting drunk. Uh, did you it. have any other plot holes? I did not. I think the only slight plot hole that I had was... So when they supposedly murder Lestat, uh, Claudia and Louis are living in New Orleans again with him. And Claudia kills him because she's grown to hate him because he is a dick. Yeah. And she blames him for turning her because he did, he did turn her. And, you know, they try to kill him and then they dump his body in the swamp, but then he comes back and then they light him on fire. But then he survives that too because he's like Michael Myers. You have to double check that body, guys. <laughs> he's going to keep coming back. But he's still in the house, yeah. I think, or at least in that area. So then at the end of the movie, Louis finds him. And he's still wearing the same clothes. He's still wearing his like little ruffled. Yeah, yeah. Because when he shirt. starts driving, yeah, like, the very end of the movie. Like, yeah. And then he's still like decaying because he's only feeding on rats. But I'm like, you can't find like a random person that walked in and feed on them and then like steal their clothes. Like you're telling me you waited 200 years and just sat around? That doesn't seem like the stat. No, he'd be out living it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. When Louis finds him, he's like Mr. Depressed. Yeah, he's just sitting in a chair. Yeah. Waiting. It's like it's like he decided he's like, you know what, I'm gonna sit in this chair. One day Louis will find me and I'll do that slow turnaround. And then I like when Louis walked towards him and he slid away. Yeah. "Yeah." Like he was the one that plotted the murder. It was all Claudia. Yeah. I mean he defended her and That's... that's why he lit him on fire. But yeah, that was just a small gripe. And a little but it's out a of good gripe. Yeah. Yeah. What was your funniest line or moment? I will say when we pick this movie and I go, it's going to be hard to find a funny moment in it. And it wasn't. It was <laughs> not hard. 
this isn't my funniest moment. This was just an observation. Louis was drinking blood from a goblet like Donald Trump drinks glass from a water. Like yes. He used both hands like he's never touched a glass before, which I thought was funny. But also Brad Pitt's acting and the other one's not. I did like when Lestat picks up Claudia's dead mother and starts dancing around and singing. And she's dead, so she's not moving very well. And all I could think of was in Ace Ventura when Nature Calls when Ace punches the Monopoly guy in the face. Yeah. And then he starts dancing around with it and going, la da da. So it made me laugh very much. That was a good pick. Mm-hmm. What about you? So there's, when they turn Claudia, she's obviously a child. So if you've ever watched any vampire movies, that's a big no-no because child, children, child, Children don't have good impulse control. So mm-hmm. she obviously has issues with n- murdering people. Yes. She murders her dressmaker. She murders her piano teacher. Mm-hmm. She murders the guy who makes dolls in the neighborhood. <laughs> it was just funny. The first time she murders the dressmaker, Louis walks over and just like swats her hand <laughs> like she like she stole a piece of candy or something. And he's it's just like, like just bad. bad. <laughs> uh yeah, and she, that, was, that was hilarious. Her scenes, like when she killed the doll maker, was pretty funny because he said something to the effect of her not being able to afford it. Which she's, I'm sorry, like, I don't know how Louis and Lestack of their money, they're vampires, so they just unmechly have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They can steal it, whatever. But she dresses very nicely. They spoil yeah. her. She looks like a very rich child. But then it was funny because, like, she was like, oh, yeah. So they don't show her really kill him, but Mm-mm. then they just show her walking down the street carrying the doll, looking very proud of herself. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, you well knew. done. Yeah. You knew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your cringiest moment? My cringiest moment was kind of, I had a lot of issues with the scenes where it was Daniel interviewing Louis. Mm-hmm. And it's set, you know, it's 1994. Right. And they show Louis turn on the lights in the apartment that they're in and they make this weird noise because he's going to do it super quick and they played kind of this cheesy music when he does it yeah and then you watch this movie and none of that stuff matches the rest of the movie in my opinion it was just out of place right yeah when i was a kid i thought it was gross and it creeped me out but when louis first finds claudia for the first time and she's crying and she's holding her dead mother's hand. And it's like gross. She's green. Mm-hmm. She probably has the plague. That's why she died. Yes. And so that creeped me out when I was a kid. And it still was cringy. But then actually I kind of put Louis dancing with the corpse as cringy. But not like in a this shouldn't be in the movie cringy way. Like a gross he's dancing with a corpse. Yes. Way. I can understand why that was cringy as well as funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. But that was that was it. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about in regards to this movie? I did like, uh, it's kind of at the beginning where Louis and Lestat are, like, Lestat's still kind of teaching them the ways. Yeah. And they're in their, the plantation, I think, at that point. And they had what appeared to be a coffee table, but you find out later it's a coffin. Yes. Which I thought was really cool. And then I did like the way Lestat just, like, dropped a dead lady into it. She wasn't even dead yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. She wasn't. But it was funny how he, she was crying because she realizes that it wasn't like a sexual thing. It was, he had mutilated her. And then he just picks up her body and just drops her in there. And just the way he was just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. (laughs) It's just the way he acted was amazing. Mm -hmm. I did like how Claudia did plot to kill Lestat. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way she did it was apparently vampires can't drink dead blood. So if a person's dead, dead, like the blood is poison, basically. And she tricks him into indulging in these two little boys she found. And she said she like drugged them, basically, but she really killed them. Yeah. So she's so smart. I was going to say she is a very smart one. And boy, can she hold a grudge. Yes. Well, I mean, you have the time yeah. to hold grudges. And yeah. uh, 
But that's why I said, uh, thinking to when she wanted to cut her hair and she cut it, but then it grows back, is how I don't understand how crappy Louis's hair could be in some scenes. But then in other scenes, it was, it was very nice because I'm like, but maybe it's because he wasn't getting the proper nutrition of human blood. I don't know. Yeah, because he was at that point just feeding off rats and animals. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Until he started helping raise like Claudia, he looked very gray compared to Lestat and Claudia when she first turns because she looks like porcelain and perfect. Uh, but I did like the instaperm that happened the minute she turned into a vampire, which does remind me of Twilight when Bella turns and it's like her hair turns perfectly blowout and she got the red contacts. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like in like the instant makeup. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's true. Did you have anything else you want to talk about? I did not. Are you ready to hand out some awards? Sure. As always, it is award season here on Rooting Our Childhood. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? I gave mine to Brad Pitt. And not as a knock on his acting, Mm -hmm. as so much as his character. Uh, Though, when in the one scene when he decides guilt has gotten to him so much because he kills... Yvette, he feeds on her because he's basically like starving himself at one point. And this is what I wanted to talk about. You kind of touched on it earlier was every time he thinks he's doing this great thing about starving himself or he's trying to feed himself solely on animals, he ends up hurting people that he doesn't want to hurt. So he kills Yvette Mm -hmm. because he's so hungry and he needs to feed on her. He almost kills Claudia, poor child. Just because he's like, oh, I don't want to kill humans. And I felt like he was so mopey. And at first I was like, I'm going to bring it back to Twilight again. Because it's, you know, honestly, I was reading a trivia. And this was the number one vampire movie up until Twilight. That's not surprising to it's me. It's still the highest grossing vampire R-rated movie. But Twilight, I'm guessing, knocked knocked it out. I was going to say but yeah, that's not surprising to hear because, I mean, this was a very successful movie. Yeah. But I was like, he's like Edward because he's like, vampires suck, but I'm a vampire, but I'm a good vampire and I'm going to try to take the high road. And that's his superpower, I guess, too, is that he's he still has his human emotion, mm-hmm. but it kind of makes him a buzzkill. Let's be honest. He, he is a bit of a buzzkill. But I decided that he's actually more like Bella because for some reason, all these other more interesting vampires are drawn to him for some stupid reason. But this one's Brad Pitt. I know, but he's still got <laughs> the, the personality of a wet paper towel. Yeah. And Lestat, who's this very over amazing. The top. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's over the top, but he's also amazing. And then uh, Armand. He's okay, but he's still pretty interesting. They want to get his pants, and I don't know why. That's a good uh, good observation and a good correlation you made. Uh, he's like, pretty. That's, yeah. that's about it. Yeah, he's got that going for him. <laughs> I uh, don't know what Kristen Stewart has going for her. She's pretty. But um, also, the personality of a wet paper towel. Well, we're talking about characters, not actresses, Ryan. No, I, I'm talking about the character, too. Okay. Yeah, I... Like Bella, I, you kind of go, why is everyone obsessed with her? Right. That, that, that was my joke. I gave mine to Tom Cruise as Lestat. And my issue with Tom Cruise was, and I did go off the acting, his character is a lot funner to watch and more interesting than Brad Pitt. And I agree with you, Louis is a buzzkill a lot of the movie. But the reason I took issue with Lestat, more specifically... Tom Cruise was when he's yelling he loses his accent in the movie and it frustrated me because it would take me away from it like he has this nice voice but then when he would start yelling at like Claudia or there was another I think it was Claudia both times he loses his accent and it just that frustrated me. See, it's when for me the acting wise was Brad Pitt when he was yelling to the workers on his plantation, by workers I mean enslaved people, mm-hmm. uh, he 
was like telling him that they're free, but just the way he was yelling, it it didn't sound convincing to me. No. But I, I guess I get where you're coming from with Tom Cruise, but I thought he was definitely more entertaining than Louie. I agree. And uh, I feel like I had one more thing I wanted to talk about Louie. I mean, he's a good storyteller, I guess. But it's not because of him. No. He did nothing. Other than when he did avenge Claudia's death. And he did, you know, decapitate some vampires. That shit was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. I could probably talk about him all day. (laughs) (laughs) The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give yours to? I went back and forth, but I went with Kirsten Dunst as Claudia. Which I was a little surprised because when we found out this was a movie we were doing through our poll, I thought, clearly I love me some Tom Cruise and I love me some Brad Pitt. They're going to be my runaway winner for this award. And they weren't. And the one who knocked my socks off was Claudia. I liked her story. Mm-hmm. I love that she hates being stuck as an eight-year-old and just wants to be able to grow up. But also I just like when uh, when you talked about when... She cut her hair, uh-huh. and she just was like, which one of you did it? Yeah. And, like, starts yelling at them. I was like, oh, shit, she's going to kill somebody. And then I love when <laughs> Lestat tells her to get rid of the corpse. Yes. And her response is like, you get rid of it. <laughs> but she was, I, I was like, damn, she was good in this. No, she held her own with them, and especially in... The later years, like when she's technically supposed to probably be like 40, Mm -hmm. you know, in human years, she is very mature. She talks very mature and that, you know, she was great. She was my favorite part when I was a kid. I did give it to Tom Cruise, though. So this is where my argument is. I could tell when I said that's who I gave my Nicolas Cage. I was like, oh, man. He was just he's everything you would want in a vampire that enjoys being a vampire. He's very cocky about it. He He's very good looking. Mm-hmm. He's got those cheekbones for days, you know? <laughs> and he's just proud of being a vampire. And then I, I just liked how he's like this anti-hero. And obviously, people like his character because his character is more of a focus in the Chronicles, the Vampire Chronicles. Like, it's all about him. Okay. Because he is more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Instead of Mopey. Mopey McMoperson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did like, one of my favorite parts was uh, anything with Claudia and him, because especially when they were on good terms, mm-hmm. he was just so proud of her for being as savage as he was, yeah. I guess. And uh, I also liked when he comes back from the dead the first time and he's playing the playing piano, piano and he's yeah. so dramatic. Yes. Uh, Sam, that's where I was like, he's kind of redeeming himself, but I kind of, earlier in the movie, I was like, nope. No, I get it. Him losing that accent pissed me off. I was like, what up, Jamie Doran? (laughs) Irritated me. The other one that I actually kind of went back and forth on for the Thomas J. Hanks was I thought Antonio Banderas was fantastic in this as well. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. He was definitely a good vampire. Yeah, he was really Uh, good. He was, you know, quiet and stoic and, mm-hmm. yeah. But he's also very charming at the same time. And, yeah. Not hard for him. No. Uh, speaking of Thomas J. Hanks, mm-hmm. this w- that was one of the people that they wanted to be as Lestat. Like, Anne Rice saw what? him in... Yeah, she saw him in Philadelphia and... Ironically, with Antonio Banderas. Yeah, and thought that he would be a good Lestat. I cannot see it because... No. The thing about Lestat is... Like, Tom Cruise is very good-looking in this movie. He's, And I think that's part of his charm. Or When somebody is really extra good-looking, they can kind of get away with uh, being a crazy vampire that eats people. Yes. You know? And yeah. you're still, like, rooting for him somehow. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot see Tom Hanks as this. No. Because Tom Hanks is, I think, is good-looking, especially in his younger years. He was good-looking. But it was more like a... Like a normal pe- person good looking? Yeah. Like you could see him walking down the street, you mm-hmm. know? He's not Tom Cruise. No. Yeah. So it's just, it was crazy. I Like I was trying to envision it, like him in a golden hair wig. 
God. It seems weird. And some of the other ones was like Jeremy Irons. Okay. All right. Um, Daniel Day Lewis. I could see it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Not and then Tom Hanks. Some of the Claudia ones was like Christina Ricci. Um, she was a very good at child actress. I think Evan Rachel Wood. They said. I think she would be too young. Yeah. But I maybe. could be wrong. I could be wrong. But you had mentioned that Christian Slater's role was actually supposed to be River Phoenix, but yes. he passed away before the movie started. Like a month before. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw Christian Slater gave his salary to a charity yeah. in his name. Which it's, I think like somebody like River Phoenix would definitely, to me, make more sense for Daniel Malloy in the sense that he is as good looking as Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. I would say. So it'd be more up uh, Lestat's alley as a replacement. Very true. Because spoiler alert, in the movie, Lestat bites him. And But I did read, I've never read the books, but I did read that he, like that character actually goes on uh, an adventure looking for Lestat because he does want, he does want him to, yeah, turn he, him into a vampire. I was going to say, he wants to be one. Though, which... if you listen to Louis' story, why would you go seeking I... Lestat? I... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, also, there was a musical in 2005 called Lestat the Musical, composed by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Really? Yeah. It was got horrible reviews. Wow. And did not do very well. Okay. They said it was very boring. Wow. Yeah. So... It seems like it would make a decent musical. Like, Lestat is this over-the-top character. Yeah. Elton John and his musical partner make yeah. great music, but I don't... you think it would have been a win, but yeah. apparently it just wasn't executed very well, so... Okay. But... I, I had never heard of it, so that can tell you how well it did. I, I didn't know about it yeah. either. <laughs> we can move on to, does this film hold up? And what do you think? I kind of went into this going, it's a period piece. This is going to be a slam dunk. It'll be a good movie. If you take away the first five minutes and you take away the last five minutes, I thought it was a great movie. Everything that involved Daniel Malloy and Louie, and specifically at the end, Daniel Malloy and Lestat, I hated. Yeah. Take that out of the fucking movie. It was awful. And right. I like Christian Slater, and I like Brad Pitt, and I love me some Tom Cruise. Like, these are three actors that I really enjoy. And I hated that part, but I don't think it was enough for me to say it didn't hold up. Right. I still thought it was a good movie, but that stuff there actually kind of almost swung it the other way for me, which I was a little surprised. That'd be a strong opinion I... if it did. Because I don't think it's in very much of the movie to to have that much weight. I just thought it was a real weak ending, too. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. And I don't know if they... I don't know. I mean, obviously, they did they did do a sequel. They did Queen of the Damned, mm-hmm. which was about Lestat. But Tom Cruise didn't return to play Lestat. It was Stuart Townsend. So which maybe... Which I never saw. Did you ever see it? No. Okay. I had Aaliyah in it, though. I, I was going to say, I know Aaliyah was in it, but I never... Yeah. I don't remember I seeing it. I feel like my brother rented it but i just never paid attention to it because i i didn't even know it was like the same character no to be honest with you until i was older but i think it would be interesting if they redid these movies because there's like quite a few books and if they really like stayed closer to the material because it said ann rice did write this screenplay but it's actually um she just got credit for writing it because she consulted on it and Uh i think like the writers guild you had to say she wrote it, but it was actually um, another person that did a lot of the rewrites. And I did read that she just recently reacquired the rights oh, okay. after selling it because I saw a few years ago Jared Leto was attached to. I could see. I don't it. know if it was a sequel or if it was going to be a remake of this, but that's all been scrapped because she now has the rights and she wants to, I think, do a TV show with it. That. To me, that would make more sense because if you have a, like, like True Blood or Vampires where you have a large amount of source material, I think it's better. And honestly, TV is so much better these days yes. than movies. Mm-hmm. And you can actually stay true to the source material and tell the story fully, right? Yeah. It'd be really interesting. 
that would be interesting if that happens. Mm-hmm. But I never answered if I was going to say, what do you think? Did it hold up? Um, I do think it did hold up. I still found it very dark and it's everything you'd want in like a vampire movie. I know we make fun of Twilight a lot and mm-hmm. as much as I do love to hate watch that movie, I could st- I could see where this this material I'm sure influenced Stephanie Meyer to write Twilight cuz a lot of the same vampire rules apply. Mm-hmm. Uh like in the fact that they have special abilities, which not every vampire uh vampire TV show movie has that folklore, I guess. But I can see where they're very closely related as much as probably Anne Rice doesn't want to admit that. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have to be embarrassed because she's not stealing from Twilight, right? Yeah. But true. But I think it did hold up. Mm-hmm. Um it it was still a scary movie, it was still great. And Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise are great actors. It's not like they had some rando in there that oh. never made a movie again, so that's and, beneficial and then them. like outside of them you got some real great performances like Stephen ray was good and what we talked about antonio and uh kirsten Dunst. yeah kirsten Dunst fan the, literally like i think that's why this movie stuck with me when i was a kid because i saw this child actress that was so good in something and when i was a kid i did want to be an actress for a, a bit i mean mm-hmm. who didn't and i was like that's how i want to be i want to she's amazing and yeah. then She's another one, uh, really, we, we've talked about Christina Ricci and some of the other ones from our childhood. We can just throw her on that list of exceptional child actors. Yes. How can some of these other people ever compare? Yeah. I, I bet she, when she'd walk into it, like an audition room, people would be like, fuck, yeah. Kristen well, Dunst is here. There went my chance. I'll <laughs> see you later. Uh, anyway, so we both say it holds up. Yes. As always, thanks for listening, guys. And let me get that pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and we'll let you know who our next poll is presented It's our by. last poll. Yes. It's our last poll in our series of polls. Yes. But don't you worry, because there will be plenty of more polls to come, because we're going to be doing a loser bracket. Yes. We did 16 polls. Yeah. So essentially what we've created is an NCAA style tournament to figure out what was the worst option. Yes. So this will be the last one presented by Judd Apatow. Correct. Or Judd Apatow related movies. <laughs> yeah, because he's not in them, I don't think. Yes. This week is presented by Judd Apatow. Mm-hmm. And our two picks are... 40-Year-Old Virgin. My pick. That's your pick? Yes. Okay. I guess my pick is Pineapple Express. Yes. Obviously, uh, Pineapple Express, uh, the story, uh, Judd Apatow is attributed to help write the story, and he produced it. So mm-hmm. we're, we got a little loose, and it wasn't directed by him, whereas 40-Year-Old Virgin was directed by him and written by him and Steve Carell. So. Yes. But I also was trying to think of a movie that, I didn't feel like Superbad could be judged because I've seen it so many times and I love it. Mm-hmm. And that would be more eligible for a bonus ode. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. So yours is 40 year old virgin. Mine is pineapple express. Our poll will be up on Wednesday, Wednesday over on the, hopefully we'll have an interactive poll on Facebook. Right. Who knows? Stupid and on Twitter Facebook. and then over on Friday over on Instagram. That's correct. And that, again, that will be our last movie of these bowls. And then we're going through a bracket and I'll pass, I'll, I'll pass, I'll pass out those brackets. I won't pass those out. Um, post I'll, it. I'll post it and I'll probably post it to the Ruiners first. Mm-hmm. And I think we want to do something like uh, put your guesses in there because it will be a legit bracket. It would be fun if we could get people to pick what they're gonna what they think is gonna win every week yeah and what they conclude will be the last movie standing like the ultimate loser yeah like that would be interesting yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so i'm I'm gonna email those to the runers first Mm -hmm. and if you don't know what i'm talking about to join our runers club it's a free membership club where you get bonus episodes 
giveaways. We just gave away a t-shirt. Yep. The winner was happy about it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was. Four bonusodes. You get Shaun of the Dead, Goonies, Clueless, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, or Pirates the Caribbean. Pirates the Caribbean. <laughs> As you the said musical. <laughs> uh, so definitely go to our website, ruiningourchildhood.com, to sign up for that free club. And it's just you get some emails occasionally. Not and, even that many. And while you're there, check out our store. Yeah. We got t-shirts, stickers, all available. That's very true. Yeah. The t-shirts are very nice. They are. They're nice material. They are. Quality. Um, quality. Anyway, so that was our episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening once again. We hope you have a great week. And also, have a good day. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.